Why go to all the trouble of experiencing the great outdoors for yourself when you can listen to a few Northwest Outdoor experts yap about it? This is the Outdoor Line with Tom Nelson, Rob Ensley, and Joey Pyburn on Seattle Sports Station and at seattlesports.com. The Outdoor Line is brought to you by Yamaha, Sportco Outdoor Emporium, Weldcraft and Duckworth Boats, Roy Robinson RV, Kitsap Marina, Harbor Marine, Raymarine Electronics, and Les Schwab Tires. Morgan Hour 2, the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710, and the Seattle Sports app, streaming live on modernquest.com. Don't forget about the venerable the OutdoorLine.com with blogs, podcasts, and so very, very much more. So there's a big difference between owning a kayak and fishing a kayak, right? We got Correct. Ki- we got kayaks last year. Yes, and we I had ca- kayaks. And I just haven't get, been able to get past the fun of just paddling that thing around, right? And and But somebody who has taken it to the next step and has the for a while. Level. The next level. Next yes. level kayaker is none other than the, ki- the, 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 the chief, the rear admiral, no, rear commodore of the kayak club yes. itself is, is Brad Hull of Kayak Fishing Watch. Morning, buddy. Good morning, Brad hey, Hull. Hey, good morning, Brad. How you doing, man? Good. Good morning, guys. How are you? That's a quite the oh. quite the introduction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, as usual, I, I know that you've been out on all the little local lakes, uh, west side, east side, Oregon, all over the place. What have you been doing lately, man? I'm, I'm sure you're probably chasing panfish or something this time of year. What's happening out there, buddy? What's the latest? Yeah, I've been, you know, back doing the panfish thing. Years ago, I was doing uh, mm-hmm. quite a bit of cutthroat trout, and I've kind of scaled back on that and been focusing more on some of these smaller lakes for mainly crappie um but i'm getting into some perch and stuff as well um but with this nicer warmer on the horizon here the the fish are starting to move up i've been jigging a lot of these crappie in you know 30 40 feet of water um and they don't move much that time of year but um so lots of lakes around seattle where i've got a couple hours to spend and get out there and and the key to this especially you know in the colder months is it's having a good fish finder that you can actually uh, mark these fish on the, on, the, on the bottom. Sometimes they're one or two fish. It kind of reminds me of the Mackinac Lake Trout Fishery where you're mm. dropping down on them. They're, they, they feed only up. So unlike, you know, bass fishing where you're trying to drop down the bottom and stuff and they pin it to the bottom or like a walleye, they, they're, they're looking up so they can see it drop. And a lot of times you're doing what I call video game fishing. You're, you're watching these fish actually come up to intercept your jig. Or to look at it and go back down, and then you you got to drop something else down on them. Yeah. So, what, what kind um, of jig? What kind of jig you dropping on them? You know, I I I'm kind of like a, you know I'm like a, a bass guy. I've got usually three rods rigged up, um, and depending on time of year and depth, I've got. Um, I tell people the lightest weight jig possible to get you down. So if the helmets, if it's blowing up top, you're going to need something a little heavier, but. A lot of these fish are feeding on small microscopic, you know, invertebrates in the water and stuff. Uh, but they'll, you know, it's like you could feed them a big Thanksgiving dinner. If you drop something, you know, a, a juicy steak down in front of them, they're going to hit it. So they will nail something, you know, much larger than they typically feed on if they're they're coaxed. So I'm using anything from a, you know, a, a curly tail grub to um, I, I've got these jigging spoons by Bink Spoons and these uh, jigs out of Europe called Euro Tackle, which are a lipless crankbait uh, with really sharp hooks on them. 
and I'm just kind of mimicking a you know a small bait fish and and just kind of mm-hmm. you know dropping it on top of them, but but just almost dead, dead sticking it, you know the slightest movement because they're not really moving around too much. Not, they are starting to now. They're moving. They're pushing into shallower water, you know that 18 to 20 foot mark now, and then they're you know the the bigger females are going to move into spawn, you know when it gets a little bit warmer. So that, and that's coming up. So um, you know now. Pretty much everywhere Tom and I fish, I see these little flotillas of guys in Hobie kayaks all over the place. We're in we're in CQ, and there's guys out mm-hmm. there fishing. They're in the salmon drags fishing for salmon. And I know that uh, a couple of years ago, you you guys usually make a trip out to fish for uh, halibut. Talk a little bit about what it's like to have an eighty pound halibut on, and then. How do you get that thing in the boat? There's a picture on your website of that halibut in the, your boat. You obviously had some form of harpoon to harpoon that sucker. So tell us about that. How'd that go? Well, yeah, again, that was a number of years ago, but um, it's it's the Nia Bay area. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of folks camp out at Hobuck Beach out there. And then um, the boat guys typically have to drive into town to launch their boats, whereas we can go right down the beach into, you know, right, right in the bay there. But um, we're, you know, you have to be prepared. And, you know, I was, you know, I, somewhat of a novice doing this. I've been out a couple times before out of that area and it caught a cod and rockfish and stuff. But a, a halibut's another beast. You really got to be prepared. And I didn't, you know, at the time, I didn't have a fancy harpoon or buoy system. We, we actually made the thing with stuff out of my garage. We had some um, threaded rebar, and we put a, one of those removable harpoon hooks on it, and my buddy had a lathe, and we made the handle, and <laughs> we just grabbed a couple canoe cushions and uh, crab floats out of, out of my garage. Perfect. That was my setup. <laughs> MacGyver. And, you know, really safe. And um, tied a rope to it, and um, my buddy who'd harpooned it before, he uh, was a seasoned Kike angler and had caught halibut before just said, you know, whatever you do, just keep calm, make sure that rope is out of the boat. You know, the last thing you want is that rope to catch around End your leg. Wrapped or, around your leg, yeah. Yeah, and go into the bottom. And, and that stuff's happened, you know. And so I I went out and a couple weeks prior I had hooked a fish that I was I swore was a halibut. And um I was only about forty five feet of water. And so I went back out because it wasn't in the season when I hooked this one. And I, first drop of the day, I mean, it was, a lot of it was dumb luck, but I, I had a, a dead sand dab that I, we jigged a bunch up and I dropped it down and whammo, got hit, brought it up in all the confusion. I, I hit it and I think I hit it in the boniest part of the head and it, it bounced <laughs> off. I just remember my, it, it was like somebody did a cannonball next to the guy. I've never um, done that, yeah, buddy. Dude. Oh man. I'll never forget the first. Yeah. And, I mean, but I'm at water yeah. level. You guys yeah. Oh, yeah. Up no, you're right. Yeah. yeah. So I chased this thing down. Luckily there was another guy near me that I yelled to grab my harpoon, which is now floating in the water. Um, and, uh, he followed me out and I lifted it back up and got another shot at it. And, uh, the rest is history, but you know, how to get it in the boat. That that was a heavy fish. It was 80 or 82 Mm. pounds. Um, and you know, this heavier Hobie pro angler that I have has a pretty wide deck in the back. And we were able to get that thing up there and we hog tied the, or he, he hog tied the tail to the, there's a rail on the back of the kayak, but, in all the confusion, 
I forgot to kill the fish. <laughs> so for an hour, it beat the deck back there, knocked out one of my paddles, which I didn't know about. And um, then my buddy who helped me with the uh, harpoon and stuff, he catches a 45-pounder, and he's got a smaller kayak, so we throw it on the back of mine. So I got 120 pounds of nice. you know meat mm-hmm. going back into the beach with a you know Jeez. four foot you know four foot swell, and I you know, anyway yeah. you got your upper body workout that, that day. That's how we good, did it. clean, fun. Yeah, Unbelievable. Yeah, no, so well, we had awesome. your friend Leo on uh, one of those events. Yeah, Leo. Leo yeah. and Leo got pulled out of the boat by a 120 pound halibut and drug all over the place. And got, that story was just yeah. incredible. Yeah, classic. Yeah, stuff. that was crazy. We'll do we'll do anything. Yeah, so you got to be know, careful really. out there. You got to be prepared. You got to have immersion gear and all that stuff if you're going to go mm. do this you can't go out in your your jeans and uh tennis shoes yeah and, dude we you were know, really yeah. when when hey. joe when joey and i were at what we're at uh cq we actually saw these guys go out in in rain gear and and boots and they were soaked when they when they went out i mean yeah if you're going offshore that's oh, I know. a I, great joey point. joey was texting me the video and oh yeah and, uh, we guys getting was, yard sailed in the water in the launch there that well was, even the even the smallest swell will, will roll you up yeah it's the beach back to the yeah. um the crappie thing well those fish yeah. move in on some structure here i mean you talk about fishing them really deep right now but uh, you know i remember when we were kids yeah. we'd catch them but it would be on like a submerged tree or or something up shallow, yeah. you know, maybe eight to ten feet of water. When will you see them move up like this? Yeah, this coming month, you know, getting into May and stuff, mid to late May, I think you'll see. I mean, not all of them spawn at the same time, and they say a lot of them spawn around the full moon, too. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, they'll go into, the males would go in, like, you know, and, and clear out beds and stuff, and the females would go, go in and lay their eggs and stuff. But yeah, they, they tend to tied a structure, either the edge of a weed line, around lily pads. You know, you, if you find a brush pile or something like that, they'll suspend over it. And that's the unique thing about crappie compared to, like, perch and stuff, where you're, you'll see a big school of perch go by or you'll see them just pinned to the bottom. Like, you won't even mark them until you drop it down. Crappie, most of the time, will suspend three, five, sometimes you know, I've been I've caught them in Lake Sammamish in eighty feet of water, and they're suspended forty feet off the bottom. So it's hmm. it's that that makes them kind of tricky to catch. But most people, their success is in the warmer months where they're kind of around structure, around they can see the weed line or the edge of the lily pads, and they cast to mm-hmm. it or cast a float and stuff. Kind of an electronics but, um, game. Oh, totally, totally yeah, electronics. Electronic. Yeah, yep. really do you do you keep them and eat them? Do you keep some? I, I, occasionally I do. I, yeah. I try to educate people because um, in the Northwest here, you know, a 12-inch crappie is 9 to 10 years old. Mm. And a lot of these smaller lakes, they can't sustain a, you know, a, a, a large population. So a lot of those bigger fish are, you know, once they're gone, it's going to take another 9 or 10 years to catch up. Yeah. So I try to release the bigger ones. I'll, you know, if I break, they're kind of like a rockfish in the yeah, wintertime. No, if no, you bring them up too deep, well put. Mm-hmm. they just don't yeah. make it. So either right. it's, it's me eating it or the eagle next door. So, yeah, um, yeah, cool. What a fun They are delicious though. to eat. Yeah. So, good. all right, yeah. we we usually have this discussion when where you you're doing an event, um, like a kayak fishing event, but but you've got kind of a different program these days where you'll actually meet somebody at Sport Co or Outdoor Emporium. And, and help them pick out a kayak. Tell us a little bit about that program you got going on. There, yeah, Brad. so I, I, I help out uh, Sport Co. and Outdoor Emporium, and uh, we've got a great couple guys that work there that that are the Hobie leads in the store. And, you know, if, you, if you're if you shopping at the store and you're interested in checking out a Hobie, 
we've got a you know there's a there's a ton of boats down there to check out. And we try to narrow that down based on you know your size and kind of what fishing you're going to be doing. And from there, um, we have this program. If 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 you want to try one out, um, it's fifty bucks. We 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 pick the model kayak you're interested in. We meet you at a you know a local lake. We spend about an hour with you, walk through the boat, let you sit in the boat, paddle it around, talk about rigging, all the questions you want it answered and stuff. But the key is just getting it in, pedaling around, checking your stability, checking how it feels in your back. I mean, Joey knows I, I took him out last year, and it's just that that's the experience that that you don't get. And um, you know, I it's like anything else. You guys are in the boat world. You, you don't want to buy a boat just off the shore no. floor. You want to get out there and try it out before Amen. you spend all this yep. money on it. Absolutely. So, yep. Absolutely. Um, and then we get we, the store actually uh, gives that applies that fifty dollars fee towards the purchase of a new Hobie. So it's kind of a win win um, as far as you know you, you know you getting to try a the boat you like and making sure you're comfortable with it. So yeah. it's 50 bucks. So I show up with my mm-hmm. fishing gear and then you take me fishing no for fishing 50 gear. bucks. This is just a demo. Okay. Oh, oh I, thought I, was gonna, I thought I was getting a guided wow. Brad hole. Kayak fishing <laughs> we, trip. We want, a harpoon bucks. Eight, we want a harpoon, an 80 pound butt at Green Lake. <laughs> hey, come on. What can be more fun than yeah, that? That'd yeah. be a hell of a deal. That would be, <laughs> that would be yeah. something else. Yeah. That would catch all those out of there. He's Brad hole, kayak fishing, Washington. Brad, thank you for your time, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Later, Brad. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, guys. Have a good day. Appreciate the time. See you, Brad. (laughs) Bye-bye. Coming up next, critically acclaimed award-winning Northwest Outdoor Report right here on the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports 710 and the Seattle Sports app. The Northwest Outdoor Report is brought to you by Les Schwab Tires, taking your safety seriously for over 70 years. The popular Link Cod Fishery opens in Puget Sound tomorrow with that season running from May 1st through June 15th. Link Cod need to be between 26 and 36 inches to keep in Puget Sound. Live bait and jigs account for most of the ligs caught in the sound. Anglers will contend with plenty of current the first week of the season with minus tides most of this next week. The second week of the season, the tides are excellent though with soaker tides all week and soft currents in the sound. Coastal butt opener next week. Coastal Marine Areas, Marine Area 5 and CQ open for halibut on Thursday, May 5th with a two-day-a-week schedule. Those areas will be up for halibut fishing on Thursdays and Saturdays from May 5th through the 21st and Friday and Saturday Memorial Day weekend. Each area has a quota and will close down when that quota is met. There's always additional halibut fishing days scheduled in June as well, but as always, be sure to check that WDFW website for more details. The Port Angeles area remains the best bet for halibut in the eastern Strait of Juan de Fuca. Anglers are finding decent numbers of halibut on the banks near Port Angeles. The season in the eastern Straits is open three days a week, Thursday through Saturday through uh, May 21st, with additional days scheduled later. Give Swains a call in Port Angeles or Holiday Sports in Burlington for an updated report on halibut action in the eastern strait of Wanafuca. The Lowland Lake opener went off last weekend, and anglers were met with much better weather than is normal for the trout opener. The lakes have been a little on the cool side, but the trout didn't seem to care. Cast tests were solid in most of the stock lakes around the state. The statewide trout derby also kicked off last Saturday, and so far 80 of the 830 tags in the derby have been called in. 100 lakes have been planted with tag trout for the derby. Catch a tag trout, call the number on the tag, and claim your prize. There's over $37,000 in prizes in the derby this year. Check out what lakes were hot and which ones weren't so hot over at Marky Wass's blog on TheOutdoorLine.com. The number of springers passing over Bonneville Dam increased dramatically this past week with two to 3,000 springers a day passing over the dam. Last Tuesday, over 6,500 went over the big dam. All this is great news for folks looking to target springers at popular areas like the Wind River and Drain Lake. 
The Columbia Bob Bonneville is also open through May 5th from the Tower Island Pylons to the Washington-Oregon border with a daily limit of one hatchery. Chinook, the month of May is typically when those fisheries get going, by the looks of it, those dam counts, that action will be eating up really soon. WDFW announced that the Solduck River on the Olympic Peninsula will be open for spring Chinook on May 1st. The daily limit is four salmon, but only two can be adults, and all wild Chinook and coho need to be released. Hatchery springers return to the Solduck Hatchery each year, and it's definitely one of the most picturesque rivers in the state to fish for these great-eating salmon. Bait is allowed on the Solduck through the July 15th, and anglers find success back-bouncing eggs or back-trolling bait-wrap plugs for springers. WDFW also just approved nine days of razor clam digging on the Washington coast. It started yesterday and will run through next Saturday, May 7th. These are all morning digs, and the daily limit is 20 razor clams per person. Today's the low tide is at 7, 10 a.m. Digging usually starts a couple hours before the low tide. Check out the WDFW website for more information about this round of razor clam digs. Special hunt applications now open. Hunters can now submit their special permit hunt applications in Washington. The period to submit, open on April 19th, will run through May 19th. In the drawing, hunters will have the chance to win special tags for deer, elk, mountain goat, moose, bighorn sheep, and fall turkey. Drawing for one of these tags gives the lucky winner the chance to hunt at special times and places that allow them the better chance to harvest a trophy animal. Get more information about special hunt drawing on WDFW's website. The Northwest Outdoor Report has been brought to you by Les Schwab Tires. Find the best in tires, brakes, wheels, batteries, shocks, struts, and more at LesSchwab.com. We also got the Skagit opening tomorrow, the lower Skagit from the Highway 531 bridge up to Gilligan Creek for springers. Uh, that'll be interesting. There's usually a few spring Chinook caught up there in that early season. Um, also, did you guys see uh, what Andy Walgamot put up about the Blue Mountain elk calf survival rates last night on his blog? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. frustrating, dude. You know, Jeez, again, we've just got... The lowest count since 2000 yeah, down there. Completely yeah. attributable to predation. Sure. Yeah. You got cats, you got bears, and now you got wolves, and... Now we got an anti-hunting commission that's just letting us go down. You know, it's 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 ridiculous to lose a herd that was at one time that was the premier oh, draw man. in the yeah. state. Yeah, in the sure. state in the West. Yes. Yeah, even yeah. I mean it, it. It was one of the premier elk uh, hunts and elk herds in the entire West, and now uh, for and for know, what rough for, times down there. And, and, and I know, yeah, for what? Yeah, no dog yeah. on good reason. Um, on on a, on a slightly cheerier note, uh, dude, that. That fishery on the Skagit tomorrow could be mm-hmm. pretty interesting. Well, the, the river's the river not looks in bad good. shape. Yeah. Um, and, and I think for that fishery, usually this time of the year, we're having kind of this, you know, mm-hmm. little bit of getting some melt off. That yep. river's bumping up and dropping down. And, and if that river's bumping up a little bit, those fish blast. They fly through that lower river. Um, but I, I was up there. I had to run to Bellingham yesterday, and I'm driving over the river. I go, geez, yeah. this thing looks good, and it's kind of low. Maybe those fish will slow down and guys will get a crack at them. So, you know, you, you can run up a little ways from Woolly, but, but you know, Gilligan Creek isn't that far above. Um, man, that's an anchor program to me. And, and if yeah. I'm, and if yeah. I'm, yeah. if I am. Anchoring up in those travel lanes. Yep. You just got to, so you know, try off, to get in front of those fish. Off to the edges of a current. I, I like a, I like a nice sandbar and, and probably looking at eight, nine, ten feet of water. Make sure you rig yourself up with a with an anchor. You can throw the float, and you can drift these suckers out because there's going to be some nice kings in there this, this time of year. Um, I'm 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 dropping sardine wrap quick fish if I've got if I've got four guys on the boat. I'm probably putting two quick fish out behind the boat and dropping two 
Old school spinners. Winter spinners yep, right winter underneath spinners. the boat, dude. Oh, because, boy. Sand shrimp, too. Yeah, Don't forget those yeah, sand shrimp true. with a big spinning glue. But, That's what I'd be running. But the cool thing these days with, you know, with, with those quick fish is you want to take two pyramid sinkers, right, and toss one out to the left side of your boat and one out to the right side of your boat so you're, you're kicking your spread out a little bit. Then take a McMahon snap and let that, let that quick fish work on down to the sinker. So, so you're basically you're just catching cats in a sinker on like a four foot drop. Okay. So you're running your sinker up to four feet up yep. to a swivel. And just cast that and out. And then probably a bead or two. Yeah. Yeah. You could definitely. Yep. Yeah. Put a bead above there and then just cast that out. Cast that sinker out and then snap that thing. Because if you try to cast a quick fish. Sure. Yeah. It's a, it's a tough deal. And in this way, you get to spread your gear out just a little bit and then run those those spinners right down the pipe. Somebody's going to get a nice king on that that deal today. I hope so. Be a springer, I, dude, they you know? catch a few in there yes, before it blows out, yeah. before, I, before we get some warm weather. You know, I even heard, sure. uh, I, I, I talked to a guy the other day who said um, he'd fi- he fished it quite a bit last year, and he was actually running herring in a helmet. Oh, yeah. And catching them. Yeah. You know, so... Yeah, that's I, also I, an option. With yeah, and herring to do. Herring, yep. Yeah, no doubt, dude. But For sure. you know, that's the kind of a salty point you made about the, uh, you know, about sand shrimp too. I mean, you, you need to kind of get a scent trail going there too. But you need something to spin. You need a vibration, right? Yeah. And, you know, yeah. and then man, if we ever get that fall or that summer fishery back there too. You can do some dastardly stuff mm-hmm. on the on extreme lower river. But that's that's another topic for another day. So yeah, we got Jason Christie, the Bassmaster champ, on you know earlier this year, and uh, you know he and uh, it, and you know he's he wins half a million, and you know then then you got you know the 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 big bass tournament. What's that? Fifty grand here in Washington, Robo? Yeah, fifty you plus know? and you cash know? and prizes and a brand I, new boat. Yeah, for 50, grabs. Fifty three thousand yeah. dollar bass mm-hmm. boat. I I want a fishing rod one time. In a salmon dirt. <laughs> I know. I got a yeah. smoker. There you go. I want a smoker one oh, okay. time. All right. Yeah, I've, still I've, a box. I've won lots of tackle. <laughs> yeah. Like spoons and squid and flashers. We, we done took a wrong turn. There we go. We're young, but, uh... Willie Nelson, not Waylon Jennings' singing partner, but rather the uh, president and CEO of Nixon's Marine, runs the Northwest Bass Tournament. If you want to take the correct turn and actually do something that you can make a, make a living at, you know, bass fishing, then you better stay tuned for this next segment. Willie Nelson, tell us all about the 2022 Northwest Bass Classic here on the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. Get in, sit down, hold on, and listen up. You're in the RenaissanceMarineGroup.com's wheelhouse, brought to you by Weldcraft, Duckworth, and Northwest Boats. Well, our next guest is absolutely no stranger to Duckworth Boats. Check out Nixon'sMarine.com. That's the website of our next guest. None other than Willie Nelson of Nixon's Marine. Good morning, Willie. Thanks for the show. Been a while, man. Morning, Tom. How you guys doing? We're doing good. I got we got Rob Ensley actually he's coming at us from Craig Alaska today and our old buddy Joey Piber in the studio with us as well. So uh are you you in Pasco this morning? What's what's the story? I am, yeah, just sitting at the house getting ready to go to the shop this morning. Well and, and when you get there you're uh you know, you've you've got uh, springtime bass kind of popping all around us. So let's uh, let's reach back a little bit and tell us a little bit what what happened last Saturday, April twenty third, over on Banks Lake. Uh, it was a, a pretty good start to Northwest Bass. The uh, the guys caught them. They always seemed to find them. Um, it was some new names that were at the top, which was kind of good because it keeps people interested and thinking they can still come out there and compete. The uh, the water was. Uh, very high and uh change in temperatures had the guys rethinking everything throughout the day but, but we had uh 55 boats 
at the first event, which is down a little bit, but with gas prices and choices of fish and other events in the area, um, it's, it's all good. I'll take it. So it was, a, it was a good event all in all. Overall though, have you seen uh, more interest in the Derby series though, in the, in the Northwest bass series in the last few years, buddy, um, with a lot of people yeah. migrating to bass fishing? Yeah, yeah, there is. There's just a lot of choices, and people are choosing to, you know. But yeah, there is growth. I mean, it's it's down this year, but um, there's a few other circuits that started the new circuit up here because of the excitement and and more people. You know, they can't fish them all, so they got to choose what they're going to do and, mm-hmm. and and go from there. But it's uh, it's lots of opportunity for everybody to fish, whether it's our circuit or others. Um, there's just a lot of different circuits, be it ABA and Wild West Bass came up this year and and mm-hmm. obviously us and then you know so there's a lot of opens and club stuff so it, people got choices and that's awesome and that just means there is a lot of people out there because everybody's getting a good number of boats and sometimes it's the same people fishing them so yeah it's, it's yeah. definitely growing well a lot of the guys will sign up for the big bass tournament coming up here this is a whopper man it's coming up in a couple of weeks uh, i think this is this the third or fourth year of that tournament how long has that been going on now yeah, it is the third. Um, it actually okay. skipped around a little bit just due to what we went through there for a while. But yeah. but it uh, it is the third. The first couple of years, Berkeley was the course sponsor, and they had some different stuff going on. So so we actually had Skeeter and Yamaha pick up the big bass this year. It's it's been the largest bass tournament in the state of Washington both times that it was out. Um, it we had you know near near 170, 180 boats both times. Um, the permit is for 250 boats. Uh, this year, and I'm hoping we're giving away a more significant prize. We're giving away a $53,000 Skeeter ZX200 boat for <laughs> one of the big fish for those seven hours. Wow. So, so yeah, we got about 70 signed up so far, which is kind of on par for what we've had the last two events when when uh, we had them. So, you know, we usually have a huge line on Friday night of people signing up, and and it's a, it's an exciting event. Everybody says that they really look forward to it. So I, I I couldn't let it go away, even though we may not have had the same sponsors. But we do have a lot of new sponsors, and and you know, going to kick it off this year. Hopefully, it'll it'll be just as big as it always was. And and it's later this year. The fish should be biting better. Um, the water levels are coming up. The the weather should be better. It should be all the way around much better event. Well, yeah, we know how much work it, it takes to put those events on, so hats off to you, man. Uh, what goes on that time of year on potholes and Moses and those lakes in there? I mean, is that could that be a little bit of a topwater drill, or, or what's the scene there? I, I what think, are some of the techniques? Yeah, I you think know? some guys, yeah, they'll they'll definitely catch some frogfish in that May 14th time, I'm sure, but um, a lot. it's a little bit later this year from what I'm understanding. I mean, I don't get time to fish a ton, but talking to all the guys and gals, it's uh you know, they're, the fish are a little bit late. There are some fish that are starting to think about spawning and pre-spawn. Um, I suppose it'll be both in that, you know, in that time frame where guys can catch them. Um, you know, it's it's always drowning something and a little bit of reaction. But, you know, the, it seems like the Cinco bite on on uh, potholes is always good. And, and then, you know, obviously the guys throw some big baits, whether it be spinner baits or jigs or swim jigs and so everybody has their favorite and gets keyed in on it. So, but yeah, I, I think it's going to be a great event this year for sure. And, and and it's a good from now through you know end of May, I believe that the fishing's just going to get even better for everybody everywhere they go. Well, in the later time frame is just fine for this spring. I mean, talk about a 
cold April. It it I mean, you didn't you didn't have ice come off Banks Lake until March. Well, right? and yeah, and, and things kind of started to heat up over there, but then it then we ended up with snow again over there and it shut things right back down. I mean, they they yeah. could they could be yeah. fishing frogs for the for the for that uh, potholes open, you know? Sure. Sure, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, it's actually the Water Team Dry Fish, a little tournament there. They had a Mount St. Helens big bass on potholes here a couple of weeks ago. And, and the weekend prior, everybody said they were finding, you know, 50-degree water in the back of the, the dunes and different stuff. But it, they had four inches of snow on uh, on potholes just a few days before that event. And it, it actually dropped the water temps like four to eight degrees, depending on where you were at. And the fish were just confused. You could see a few swimming around, but they were not interested in eating. So it was definitely uh, – it was interesting what that that cold snap did, and we've had a few of those, just like you said. So it is going to be tougher for guys to to key in on something, and they'll go practice a week before, and and then they show up, and they're like, "Well, what happened?" So that's kind of what happened in that that first couple of events, as everybody practiced hard, had it figured out, and then obviously it changed. Mother Nature messed that up for them. <laughs> no question. Willie Nelson yep. joining us this morning of Nixon's Marine and uh, the 2022 Northwest Bass uh, Tourney Trail. Every year, though, dude, something pops out. Some knucklehead bass guy is going to come out with some innovation, whether it's way to you know your power poles or marine electronics or something. Willie, what's caught your eye this year? What what stands out as far as a product innovation or a, or a piece of electronics or something that uh, that's kind of made you kind of scratch your head this year, Willie? Um, I, I, it's it's kind of been out for a while. I mean, the, the Mega 360s is, is, you know, the Hummerbird Mega 360 has been a unit everybody's been looking for. They've been on back order, haven't been able to build them for quite a while. And then I, I would say if there's something brand new out, um, you know, it's a Garmin LightScope Plus. It just hit, you know, it's just starting to hit stores and everybody's posting that, hey, look what I got. If, you know, all that live imaging stuff, I mean, if you guys haven't been around it at all, that's that's the deal. I mean, everybody has theirs. It hooks up to their units. Um, Humberbird has a Mega Live. Um, there's an active target for Lowrance, and then obviously Garmin has their Live Scope, and now their new Live Scope Plus. I mean, to see the fish swim, to see your bait, to see the fish hit your bait. Um, when a guy gets it dialed in, it's. I mean, I always people say, "Man, it's just like cheating anymore." It well, is. It's I like, wouldn't say that, but well, the technology is pretty amazing. We got an inter- We got to interview Jason Christie, who who won the classic and mm-hmm. and did so. Sure because of that forward scanning technology i mean he'll tell you he'll tell you straight up so it's 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 so interesting but but the interplay it just goes to it goes to show you though how important it is to become not only familiar with with your equipment with your marine with your marine electronic electronics but also to know what that display is trying to tell you and display interpretation there's no better way to do that willie than than experience i mean it's time on the water with your gear time on the water with your electronics Sure, sure, yeah, and that's, I see that a lot, you know, guys will call after they get it on, and they're like, hey, it ain't doing what I saw on TV, and, but but it's not easy, you know, those guys are on the water, like you said, every day, yeah. Jason Christie's probably took him a couple months to get it dialed the way he likes it, so it is patience and figuring it out, um, getting the right software, making sure it's mounted correctly, there's a lot of things, but, but I would say that that's probably the biggest thing in bass fishing right now, as far as an electric would be all the live imaging products. Yeah, no question about it. Willie Nelson, Nixon's Marine, thanks for your time, buddy. Don't be a stranger. Sure good to catch up with you again. It's been a while. You bet, guys. Hey, appreciate it as always, and uh, look look forward to uh, talking to you again someday. All right, Willie. Thanks, thanks, thanks Willie. Good luck this year. Have a great weekend, man.
You got See you guys. All right. Thank you so much. Coming up now, the hottest report we heard all week, techniques you need to succeed. It's Roy Robinson RVs. Really? Where? And it's next here the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. No way. you got to be kidding me. Really? Where? It's coming back. The island of Tinny and the lady. Where'd you get him, man? No way. you, you got to tell me. I, I, I'm not going to tell anybody. Ocean to me, Red. Hey, man, can you tell me where you got him? I'll never put on a life jacket again. Welcome to RoyRobinsonRV.com's Really? Where? Where? RoyRobinsonRV.com will take you anywhere. Really? It's time to step up to the number one Winnebago, Winnebago dealer in the Northwest. Winnebago. 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 Winnebago dealer in the Northwest. Head over to Roy Robinson RV, the all-new Roy Robinson RV Center. You're going to find a complete selection of Class A's, Class B's, Super C's, Travel Trailers, Fifth Wheelers, Store Haulers, Pop-Ups, Campers, and so much more, including the interactive RV shopping tool, How Much, how much Can I Tow? Enter your vehicle in there. You're going to get some safe towing information and get that and more at Roy Robinson RV, RoyRobinsonRV.com. Biggest thing this week, probably the trout opener. Uh, lots of folks out hitting the lakes here and the cooler weather um, it, you know, it may have simmered down the trout by just a tiny little bit, but it's also going to extend this trout fishery for a while. I mean, a lot of times, you know, we have such warm weather that by May it's kind of, you know, it can be a little bit slow. Uh, but this, this trout stuff's going to go on well into to June this year, I think. So that's kind of what's going on this week. We've got the Lingcod opener tomorrow, which is big news for all the saltwater folks looking to get their boats back out. Uh, that goes from the 1st, May 1st through June 15th. Tides kind of suck this week uh pretty big tides this week got minus tides um but next week the second week of the season looks really good we got soaker tides all next week um you know south sound like the next rob but does it the tides don't matter as long as you got a bucket full of joey pyburn signature model ling twinkies if you put the ling twinkies down there the lings are going to eat them dude Mm -hmm. they're just you know come on where where else are lings yeah. going to get carbohydrates? They're just yeah. not. Well, right? the, I guess for, for possession bar, you, you know, there's going to be some lings caught. I mean, yes, there's there going to be some fish caught this week. But man, you just you just got some current to deal with. It's kind of a tide change show. Um, instead of an hour before tide and an hour after, it's going to be more like you know half hour before half, half hour. an hour after. Yeah. It's going to be a tight little window. And the narrows, forget it, man. I mean, no. There's still going to be guys on there fishing this week, and yes, there'll be a few caught, but man, it's going to be brutal down in the Narrows this this week uh, with these minus tides. But that's really what's going on. Um, and gosh, we just love eating ling cod. Oh my goodness, Fresh I can't wait to go out and catch one up here. Yeah, uh, we've been pan searing the ling cod, um, olive oil, salt and pepper, in a just a really hot cast iron skillet, and then make, make up a little lemon butter garlic sauce to go on there, and it is spectacular. It's the um, difference rare. in between yeah. fresh and frozen is is, is amazing, you sure. know, and, and with halibut too. Yeah. But but yeah. that fresh lingcod, oh man, you know, put yeah. some fresh prawns with that too. Now, oh yeah, now you got a meal. Also, baby. I just talked to Randy Shelton from Sam for Soldiers. They're still looking for boaters for the event on September seventeenth. Um, if you're interested in taking some great veterans out, uh, they're still they still need boaters for that com and send him a note um we'll be there i know you and yep we were flying in the day before but uh that's just an event that you don't want to miss we're going to be um, broadcasting live from the port of everett that day the the duckworth sea beast will be there with uh with a couple of 
couple of vets on board mm-hmm. too, and we're going to be rolling out. And do the number, the forecast of coho coming back to Puget Sound this year is the biggest that I've seen in eight nine years, maybe not yeah, ten, probably, but but close. It's it's going to be a big forecast. Also, uh, we're going to have further announcements this week with regard to the Dog Derby, which is an NIL event for the University of Washington. Um, tune in next week. Sam Heward, UW quarterback, is going to jump on and, and talk to us a little bit about that event and how you can get involved. We're looking for 20 boats to take a UW player out and, and uh, do some money, you know, get some money going for the, that whole name, image, likeness deal for the University of Washington. Pretty pretty interesting and stuff I, there. And I've talked to quite a few guys who are already – yeah, you know, they, oh, it's they've got fun. They've, they've got their name on the list, so yeah, uh, it's only going to be twenty boats. So if you yeah. want to get signed up, you better you better get it done quick. Yeah, there's going to be more information coming about that this week. And again, Port of Everett stands up again. I, I mean, without the Port of Everett, Robbo, we don't have salmon soldiers and salmon for soldiers. Oh, is, they do is, a great job, dude. Yeah. How long's they're fantastic? Yeah, people. I mean, for Everybody over a, over a Harbor decade, Marine, Bayside yeah, Marine, for those sure. folks. I mean, uh, yeah, that, that's just a, a great setup there. And yeah, so hats off to everyone there for all the help that that they give Sanford soldiers and everything else that we do out of the port of Everett. Yep. Also you guys were out, you and uncle Ray were out, got some halibut. Sounds like it's picked straight. I mean, the first little bit, the first couple of openers out there are pretty darn slow, but yeah, this last one, there's been some halibut coming Def- out now. Which definitely. And I mean, the, obviously the guys coming out of PA have been mm-hmm. doing pretty well. I mean, they're catching some halibut out there. Um, but it seems like some fish have moved in on the, the banks here. Um, you know, we were running out of Cornet Bay, and there were there wasn't anybody out there. We kind of had it to ourselves, which is was That's crazy because the made, weather was yeah. nice. Too. Made me happy when we pulled up to the bank, and I was like, "Wow, we're the we're gonna have the only scent trail out here." <laughs> um, and you know, the I think one of the keys to that was so Bob from Bomac, Bomac, they make these killer little bait canisters. They're made to go inside of a, a crab pot or a shrimp pot. Um, now they have clips on them and they're on a, they're on a sliding cable, hmm. right? Hmm. Now, now here's the deal. They're made to go in a crab pot. They're not yeah. really made to hold an 18 pound cannonball. So if you're going to use them, you want to, you want to make sure you pinch those crimps down pretty tight. Or what I would recommend, cut that part out and run tuna cord through them and just tie loops and then you're going to connect the top loop into your downrigger cable. The bottom, you're going to put your cannonball. Now you have this inline bait canister. It's just off the bottom. Just off the bottom. Yep. And then, you know, we were dealing with quite a bit of current out there. So really the only way to keep our gear close to the bottom was to run off the clip. So so you're using downriggers inch, for your lead, for tw- your yep. not for, for also your scent and your, and your yes. presentation. Pretty and 24-inch... Cool. You know, clip. Right. Don't run a long clip. You're going to end up five, sure. six, ten feet off the bottom. You want a short little clip, and then only about five feet to your herring. I was run. I spun one of those big black herring. It looked killer. <laughs> I thought I thought I was going to catch a salmon running it down there. It looked so good. And um, and yeah, I mean, geez, we we had our fish within. Uh, we were leaving by ten o'clock, heading back in. So, and I I've talked to quite a few guys in the last few days who've been getting their fish out there. So um, get out there and get your halibut. You know, well, I, I think it's only going to get better you here gotta, in May. You got to love May. I mean, here we go. We got lings opening up. You got a, you got a month of, of, of Chinook fishing on the middle Skagit. You got, you know, now we got halibut opening up on the coast here and, you know, all the freshwater stuff too. Freshwater stuff. Things are warming up. Yeah. 
Um, also, we had Mike Olson on earlier in the show. This is a great youth outdoors day he's got going. It's in two weeks. Meadowbrook Farm up in North Bend. You got everything from the WDFW Trout Pond to the State Patrol, the East Side Fire and Rescue. They're going to have a construction company out there with an excavator, okay? You know, <laughs> awesome. and, and line trucks and linemen from uh, from Tanner Electric. But it's a Ducks Unlimited event. So so come on out and check this check this thing out. Bring your kid out there, and uh, they got pops chip the whole thing. Sport Crot Dorm for him, putting that thing on too, along with uh, Truck Vault Ducks Unlimited. So check that out. You can find out more um, ducks dot org, and uh, and you're gonna find more. And also, if you look around on Facebook too, you're gonna you're gonna find that as well. But uh, yeah, really really cool stuff. All right, buddy. Um, I, I I checked the shipping tracker, and the Duckworth Sea Beast just passed Craig, Alaska. So. Wave, wave to my boat and truck, and it's uh, it's on its way up there. We're actually, I just did. Okay, just good. Appreciate it. that. Yep. And then I realized that I left my uh, my badge for the uh, um, Everett, or excuse oh, me, the Seattle for the, Sam, Sam for the for the for the Seattle Rifle and Pistol Club. I left my uh, access patch. We're headed there. There's a a, a beginner trap shooting event uh, up there that uh, bring my daughter Sophie and Kathy up there today. So we're interested in that. We're, we get to go bang today, Robbo. Get to get to nice. make the make nice. the Browns well, part. I'll be banging on some aluminum today. That's what Perfect. I'll be doing. So. Perfect. I can't yeah. wait to see you uh, get out there and and get some lines in the water, Rob. Oh, this week we'll be out this week. All right. And the weather. I'm telling you, the weather is just like. We're all like kind of like pinching ourselves around here, like, is this summer? Is this gonna? Is this it? And then it's gonna be gone or what? Because yeah. it, it's just been spectacular, and there's some well, fish out there. So it, I'm excited to get. That's what a loser. Get that's going. what a loser I am. I've been sitting at home like, gosh, why doesn't Rob have his boat in the water? And why is he not out there fishing? And tons of krill, krill oh, everywhere perfect. out that's there awesome. right now. Right in, it's, it's pushed right into the islands, which is weird for this time of year. But yeah, lots of krill. All the kings are full of krill out there. So different, yep. different deal this year, but that's fine. I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to get going. We'll, we'll yeah, be no, fishing here soon enough. No doubt. Stay tuned for uh, the draft coverage. 710's draft coverage starts at 9 o'clock. Pretty strange to have the draft this year without the professor. That's, uh, that's been a first, Matthew. You know, I mean, John Clayton's just been an absolute fixture on this radio station, and we've missed him for a while. But, yeah, to, to, to go into a draft and, and not be listening to the professor is just – uh, there's a void, man. There's no question. Honestly, I kind of forgot the draft was even happening because normally the place I hear all about it is the John Clayton show. So it snuck up on me this yeah. year. Yeah, and and then at uh, at the VMAC, at Brock was there this weekend, and Brock sends me a picture of of John Clayton. They left a uh, they left a chair he's there for a, him. He's got his spot. Yeah, there. he's got his yep, spot there. And his, a label where his chair is and stuff like that. So I saw that on Twitter. Also, um, a reporter for ESPN who I can't remember the name of had a shirt made that is Clayton in the Slayer font, like Slayer the band <laughs> from that commercial that he did. Could not stop laughing. Yeah. So it has been cool to see yeah, another hard, resurgence of, no doubt. of uh, Clayton yeah. remembrance. Hard hard, hard, not to think of the professor, man. He'll be in our thoughts a long time, especially with, you know, pretty, pretty interesting draft so far. So uh, round one Thursday, round two Yesterday, Hawks got four picks, two two D linemen, an edge, and a and a running back. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the balance of the draft today. Missed any of the show? Jump on mynorthwest.com. Hit uh, hit the podcast on theoutdoorline.com. Download that Apple uh, iTunes uh, podcast app. Give us a follow on social media at Joey Pyburn at Rob Ensley on Instagram at the Outdoor Line, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. For Matt Nelson behind the glass, Joey Pyburn, Robbo Ensley coming at us from Pillow Fort, Alaska. This is Tom Nelson. This has been the Outdoor Line of Seven Ten.